Hello and welcome to the Pond End Podcast, where no one listens and we don't care. Today on the pod, we welcome Fisher center back Sam Fitzgerald, as well as his friend Jack Heyman, who reports for the Non-League Chronicles. The Pond End Podcast was recently nominated for Football Content Awards under Best in Non-League for Podcasts. If you enjoy this podcast, you can vote for us at footballcontentawards.com under Best of Non-League Then Podcast or under the Football Content Awards Twitter or Instagram pages. If you have any questions about voting, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter. Come on the fish. The Pond End Podcast is sponsored by the Fisher FC Club Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher FC Shop or through the club's website. And today on the Pond End Podcast, we welcome uh, Fisher center back Sam Fitzgerald and Jack Heyman, reporter for the Nomaly Chronicles. First, uh, we have Sam. Sam, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I've been down Fisher uh, coming up to three years this January, I think. Um, hopefully this will be the first full season I actually managed to complete. Uh, first two cancelled because of COVID, but, you know, fingers crossed we managed to make it all the way through. And how old are you, Sam? Uh, so I'm 26 now, um, 27 in January. Been playing centre-back pretty much since going at 11 aside men's football. So used to do a little stint up front and in midfield and uh, gradually work my way back as I got older and bigger. So, yeah. Which team do you support, Sam, professionally? And is there a reason why? Is it a family connection? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a Leighton Orient fan, as it goes. Um, always have been. My dad was sort of born over that side, Hackney, East End. So, um, yeah, sort of inherited inherited that from the age of about six, seven. Was always going down there, had season tickets. Used to train on a Saturday morning, go straight over to Orient, watch them, and then uh, play on the Sunday. So... I haven't managed to get down much since sort of picking up the Saturday football. Um, just mainly because, you know, training in midweek, games midweek, playing on a Saturday. Um, managed to go actually with Jack uh, to watch Vigant's QPR the other week for the first time in about four or five years. So, yeah, it was nice to be back down there and, and be amongst that again. Is there a Orient memory growing up that you remember? Um, there's probably two two main ones. Um, Oxford away, um, last game of the season. In I can't remember when it was, but it was our promotion season into League One. Um, I remember travelling down there with my mum and dad, watching that game, and I think we we scored with like three four minutes left, and it sent Oxford down and got us promoted. And yeah, that was just unbelievable. But celebrations going on then, and then the second one was. Uh, our playoff season um, got to the playoff finals. I think it was 14, 15. Jack will be able to correct me on that. But, um, 13, 14. 13, 14, the year before. Yeah. And well, after that, it, it went uh, very wrong very quickly. So <laughs> uh, up until half time on the playoff final, yeah, that was a fantastic season. But yeah, I try not to remember anything after that. And Jack, what, what would your Orient favourite memory be? Um. Well, after Sam inflicted Leighton Orient on me, you know, <laughs> um, our, our actual National League promotion season um, was fantastic. Obviously, the late Justin Edinburgh in charge. Um, I just had some fantastic 
sort of days out there and it was quite a sort of southern base league. I mean, they had quite a few sort of London teams in and about um, the league. I, we've had, and I've had some great away days in, in the league. I mean, I remember we beat Portsmouth away with an absolute screamer from Joby McEnough, um, which was a highlight of that season. And then more recently, just, just, just like this last sort of couple of weeks, just going back to Orient has been fantastic. Just, you know, it's all right watching Fisher, but it just sort of, Orient, it is sort of electric. You know, I love watching Fisher, but it just, it, honestly, no, it's like I went and someone plucked me back in. You know, um, it's amazing. Just, what made you start following Orient? Is it family, well, friends? Sam said, why don't we go for my birthday? Um, and I went, all right, then, yeah, we'll go, we'll go. And it just sort of grew from there. It just sort of, I went, this, this is actually quite good. So I started going and then I had a season ticket the year after the playoff final and we got relegated. And then I went, oh, well, you know, it's a one-off, it happens. And I've got another season ticket. And then that sort of, it sort of spiralled from there. And I'm now, I've now had the season ticket eight seasons. And I've got people I sit with over there and it's just, yeah, it's just grown. It's just grown. It's, you know, I really enjoy it. I just really enjoy going over there, seeing everyone, you know. Yeah. I mean, Jack, Jack used to be a Chelsea fan, so I apologise quite frequently for uh, dragging him down, making him become an Orient fan, because, yeah, after the dizzying heights of that, there's nothing quite like uh, League Two, the football. <laughs> not lived till you've been to Morecambe away. You've not lived. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, boys. I'm an Oldham fan, and considering how we started this season, we'll probably be in the National League Two next year as well, like you guys have been, so. Oh. Yeah, it's not fun. I think we've had more games we've stormed the pitch than we've won in our last 10 games overall, so. Good yeah, been there, with, been there with Orient, stormed the pitch with Orient, stormed the pitch with Orient, fun times, well. Yeah, yeah, very weird times indeed. So, uh, Sam, uh, who was your footballing idol growing up? Um, could be at Leighton Orient, could be somewhere else, could be at Fisher. Um, so, yeah, at Leighton Orient, we had a centre-half when I went down and watched regularly, um, John Mackey. He was just everything that is my style of, of defending, sort of every other week would have a, a cut on his head, playing with a bandage on. He was captain, he was just a, a, a proper leader, a proper defender. I would put his body on, on the end of anything to stop a goal. And yeah, that promotion season where we went to Oxford and got promoted last game of the season, he was just, him and Gabriel Zakawani at the centre of that defence were just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, he was one that I'd, when I was younger and sort of started out playing centre-back more regularly, he was definitely one I looked to and was like, yeah, that's that's definitely something I would, like I can do. That's, that's my style of defending. Um, and then a couple of years later, we had someone called Matthew Baldry down down at Orient and Jack knows how much I loved him. He was completely opposite, like absolute class on the floor. Ball at his feet was unbelievable. But I mean, that was just more admiration for him. I've not something I could ever aspire to. It's not really my style of play, but um, yeah. And then on on the bigger scale, just pretty standard for a centre half, really, John Terry. Just absolute animal of a defender. So yeah, those sort of players I've always sort of try to look at take 
take parts of their game and try and add it to mine and just be like, how can I improve watching these players? How can I implement what they do in my game and, and try and kick on on that way? So, yeah. So, Sam, you mentioned your Orient player and John Terry. Would you choose one of them two centre-backs to play with if you could? Or would there be someone else from the past? And who from the present would you like to play alongside? I think... I think anyone, any centre-back would have to play alongside John Terry. I mean, just having that experience, the, the communication alongside you, you'd be able to learn so much training and playing with him regularly. I think, yeah, I don't think you could not choose him. Um, nowadays, I'd probably say, even though he's coming probably towards the end of his career, just moved to PSG, it'd have to be Ramos. Again, it's just the passion he takes in defending, the dark arts, the dark side of the game, he'll do anything to, to win and, and stop someone scoring. And again, you could just learn so much from him, just a natural leader, a natural defender. And it's just, you couldn't not play alongside him. Those sort of players, it'd just be unbelievable the amount you could learn and develop. And would you try and convince AJ to play alongside you at all? <laughs> I've, he's been trying to tell me he's getting his boots back on, but every time I tell him, don't bother, leave him hanging up, please. <laughs> I've got, like I've got Aaron gonna... and Joe, so... I thought pre-season we might have seen him get his boots on. Yeah, I gave him a bit of stick for that. He said he was going to play 60, but he told me that it was too hot. It was, I think it was only <laughs> 30 degrees at Barking and he didn't fancy it, so yeah. You miss Luke, though. Luke put his boots back on. Which yeah, is, well, he come is... on against Glebe on Tuesday, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, he come on against Forest Hill Park um, in pre-season and scored with his first touch. We're all hoping he'd do the same Tuesday night, but okay. I think I think a few of us here will know how that free kick went in the end. <laughs> um, I was surprised he stepped up. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I think in situations like that, it's whoever fancies it. Yeah. And if you if you fancy it that much, you, it's it's hard to to get you off that ball, I guess. Yeah. Same same situation. Whenever Rob Brown's around a free kick or a penalty, it's a nightmare getting that ball off him. There's no point. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So Sam, uh, what was it that made you want to join Fisher? Um, and how many? How much did you already know uh, about the history of the club? Um. So. Originally, I played my first season at this level three years ago now was um, with Greenwich Borough. And I was sort of in and out of the team there, not enjoying my football, to be honest, towards the back end of it. Um, was getting fed up. And the club had ongoing court issues. I, I don't think anyone really knows what's going on there. It's back as clear as mud. But um, yeah, the club ended up winding up and folding sort of um, towards the end of January. And that meant I, I was without a side. Um, AJ reached out to me on, on Twitter. So did Luke. I'd played against Luke that season twice for Greenwich Borough when he's playing up front. Um, I said I'd like to wind him up, so I had him in my pocket for both games. But his response is, we won both and I scored. So, yeah, I can't really, can't really say too much when he has that comeback. But, um, yeah, they asked me to come down to training, trained, signed up and... Um, yeah, it went from there, really. I played against Fisher, I think, four or five times over the years with a few of my various clubs. And there's always been a good good like following down there. As an away team, you're always getting stick, especially as a defender or a goalkeeper. Up the, uh, the Dockers end, you're always going to be 
getting it for 45 minutes. But I mean, that's part of what makes football at this level so brilliant is that you're, you're right there on top of the pitch and you can hear and interact with the fans. And yeah, since since joining, I've, I've loved playing here and loved that interaction so much. It's just, it's bar like the top three, four sides who have regular following like we do. It's so rare to find find that at this level and playing in that environment is just such a draw. Jack, when was the first time that you saw Sam play? Um, when he was playing for Alpington Reserves in the park, um, which seems about a lifetime ago now, um, on it was a rugby pitch, which was a bog, really. It's the only only pitch I've nearly gone arse over tit on uh, <laughs> in Goddington. Yeah, but he played with another mate of ours, um, Max, with his 50p head. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I mean, it, 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 to, to start watching Sam regularly um, was when he got to his cup final, London Senior Trophy um, final with Phoenix, Phoenix Resis in 20... 18 and I come down to the final when it was the best game I'd seen all season like watching Orient and watching a few like league games but it was the, by far the best game I'd seen all season so I thought I'll start watching I said I'd said to you I'm going to start watching you more regularly now because that was really good and it just went from there um, but that was the fir- first time was when I used to sometimes go and watch him play for Alberton like Alberton, Alberton Resis but it literally was in the park Sam, you've played for various different clubs. How does Fisher compare to those other clubs? Um, you've obviously mentioned the fans and the setup. Is there anything different that Fisher do to other clubs? Um, I mean, the, the original club, I, I first started sort of Scaffold 1, and as Jack said, sort of some of the Kent County Leagues when I was about 15, 16, um, straight into men's football at Orpington. That was definitely a very as I don't mean to disrespectful but amateur set up it's kind of like in scaffold one we they had a very little no money subs being paid people showing up because they just want to play enjoy enjoy football um phoenix was a bit different obviously with the first team in the uh isthmian league um, it was a reserve side so there's a lot of youth in there um Ben Cody, the, the manager, Westy, Reggie, the coaches, all great, great people. And um, yeah, they, they were very good at sort of developing those youngsters and, and keeping their heads up. And then we stepped onto sort of Greenwich Bar and Holmesdale with the same management team. And it was, it was hard because I think they were used to that sort of reserve style of sort of um, football, not the pressure of winning more developing players into the first team. So it was a weird transition. And then coming to Fisher, it's all about, you know, at home, get results, be hard to beat, break down. This is men's football. Um, like, we're here to do a job for from one when we get there till 5.30. This is our job. Like, we're, we're here to to put on a display, put on a performance, make the fans proud and and try and go home with three points as much as we can. So, yeah, the, the switching mentality there was, was good. Like, I've... It got to the point where when I started hitting sort of 22, 23, I was feeling like I needed to push on a little bit, like being the oldest head in the changing room full of 18, 19. I know I'd squad young now, but they're a lot more experienced at these levels and the talent in our in our squad is is ridiculous. Um, but every single one of them has a good head. 
they're they're all switched on. They're willing, eager to learn. There's there's no egos. There's no one who's like out of place. It's it's it is a good group, and I think that's again has been a big difference because before a few changes have been a bit clicky. When you're younger, you have little groups of friends in there, and it's it's not like that at Fisher at all. Sam, you mentioned the talent in the current squad. What player or a couple of players do you think will go on the bigger and better things? I, to be honest, I think if, if everyone gets their heads down and works hard, I think there's no reason why anyone in that team, if, if they really want to, can. Um, it's just about application because there's so much talent there. Um, the one I've been sort of singing this praises quite a lot recently, I try and keep them grounded when they're winding up a little bit, but is Michael. Michael Sarpong has been, last year he was good. He's a utility player. He can, he, he'll play anywhere for us and, and do a very good job. But over the last three, four months, this preseason, he's, only, he's still only just turned 20, but his maturity has, has come along a long, long way. And it, his mindset seems to have just switched somewhere in that time. And yeah, I, I think he'll definitely be one that will push on. Um, Courtney, recent signing, is coming. Uh, yeah, really made himself at home. Looks very tricky winger. Um, again, that's, those sort of positions are very easy to be snapped up if you get a good goals return. Christian's still young, only 20, 21, 22. I mean, a lot of people think he's older than that because of the way he carries himself. But Tommy Taylor up the other end of the pitch like, is another one, fantastic talent and great head on his shoulders. A lot of experience playing sort of like good non-league football made stone stuff like that he's been around good keepers experienced heads and that's you can tell that's rubbed off on him because he's got a very good attitude towards football and like with his talent as well he'll he'll pick himself up and he'll he'll really well push on so yeah there's so many in that team so uh how was your preseason back after some stop start seasons and uh how did you manage to keep fit during lockdowns uh it was a bit of a nightmare. Um, the first preseason back last year, so for the season that's, that was uh, cancelled last season, we had a very, very long preseason. I think we was back for almost seven, eight weeks by the time the season started, which is is a long time. But we was off for a long time, so it wasn't too bad. And then with the season just gone, stop starting, it was very difficult to stay fit and match fit. Um, I mean, you was always trying to keep yourself ticking over just in the hope that, you know, the season would carry on. But, yeah, it got very draining mentally, just not knowing what was going on, um, never really sure. You couldn't prepare properly. And then after the Kennington game, when they announced that we're basically going to be in lockdown till March, that was pretty much it. So um, I think we all had a couple of months off, up over Christmas, and then stayed in touch with each other. And then in the new year, we was like, well, it's looking like we might get some football back. So we started, that's when we started, really. We had to report in a couple of times a week, a couple of runs and some workouts, home workouts, stuff like that. That's what I was doing. Doing about three or four home workouts a week, a couple of runs, just taking the ball up to a park, trying to get my first touch back because, you know, at the best of times, my first touch is like a brick wall. So after about six months out, uh, yeah, wanted to get that as, as good as I could. But no, it was, it was difficult, but I mean, we got through it, come back with some some friendlies in March and then had our um, was it London Senior Cup game, which didn't go the way we wanted. 
but yeah, after that, we had a few weeks off and then straight back into it. And it was much more like a regular pre-season, to be honest, what we're used to, sort of four or five fitness sessions. Um, Michael, the coach Michael, was has been fantastic with us. It wasn't just running. It was uh, there was a lot of running involved as well, uh, away from thing, uh, away from training. But he'd get us doing proper short, sharp SAQ stuff, workouts, making it a bit fun, getting some music involved, and yeah, I think it really helped sort of build that team spirit, get our fitness back up. And yeah, I think I was saying to Jack, I've said it to Jack. Um, I think we kind of quietly done our business during the preseason friendlies. Like no one really noticed, but when you look back, we lost one game. And I think we drew two or something like that and the rest we won. And in that time, we scored a fair few goals. And I think that momentum carried through to, to the Rustall game. And I I think if we had the well in town on the Tuesday night, I think that would have been another two points on the board rather than the draw we had against them. I think that knocked our momentum and then having a few injuries picked up and then having to travel away to Sheppey is it's always going to be a difficult task. But yeah, it's. I think that sort of slowed our momentum a little bit, and we're we're gradually trying to build it back up. But I think we'll get there. I don't yeah. know what your thoughts on the game yesterday was. I think, it's, yesterday was definitely a frustrating one because we were well in the last what four games now. Well in town, again probably probably could have come away with that three points. Yesterday should have come away with three points in my opinion. We had enough chances. Well, we was in enough good positions to make those chances better than what they were. Had a few scuff shots, a few things at the keeper, and it's just, I mean, that will come. Um, and then, like, defensively, an error at the back has cost us. And, you know, players are going to make mistakes. It's just about picking each other up after that and going again. I, d I don't think it helped. We, we've worked so hard at Sheppey to come away losing 1-0 to a, a scrappy goal that, you know, I think a draw would have been a fair result in that game. And either one, either team could have nicked it. And, you know, Sheffield with the extra little bit of, of money and, and what quality that brings did. And then the Glebe game, I mean, to a man for, for 75 minutes with 10 men, I, could, I can't ask for anything more from any player. They just worked as hard as they could, put everything out there. And again, didn't get result really. The, the performance and the effort levels really deserved. And I think that carried into yesterday a little bit. Um, we didn't start great. There's some good passages of play, but I think having that Tuesday night game and Sheppey in a short space of time, I think it, it took toll a little bit. The legs were, were wavering to the end and we just couldn't push on and get, get that winner, really. Hello, Team Fisher. Scott here from the Power Blokes Club. Uh, supporting men's mental health with our support walks that we do locally. Um, if any lads on here are interested in attending any, we, ru we run walk groups in Southwark, Greenwich, Wallington and now Woolwich. If you want to find out any more about any of the walks we do, please go to www.theproperblokesclub.co.uk and also you can follow us on all the social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. So if any lads are in need on here and need a bit of a walk and a talk, please come down to any of the walks and don't suffer in silence. So check out our website, www.thepopperblokesclub.co.uk. See you on a walk soon. Um, Sam, do you have any personal or team goals for this season? For the team, I think 
I mean, if we can get a good run going on, I think there's playoffs at our level this season. It'd be lovely to, to try and sneak in them. But inside the top 10 is definitely the minimum for me. Um, with the, the talent we've got and, and the core we've got to build from. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of centre-half partners over my time at Fisher, just through injury and, and misfortune, really. Players getting suspended or injured. Um, it's kind of happened again this season. But, you know, Aaron's really come in and helped solidify that back line. So to build off that, I think me and him would both say the same thing. We want just as many clean sheets as possible. If we can keep clean sheets, it just gives the boys up top licence to go and try and win us the game. And, you know, the more we do that, the, the higher we can drag ourselves up. So I think as a team, top 10 minimum. And then personally, like I say, just as many clean sheets as possible. And yeah, just try and try and help some of the younger boys develop a bit of experience and, and just try and lead the team when I'm out there and just do what I can to, to help get points on the board, really. So, uh, Sam, uh, what has been the highlight of your Fisher career so far? Um, I think it's got to be the two in a Mitchum game, for sure. Um, that just sort of shows the team spirit that, that we had back then. And, I mean, it's carried on into this season, for sure. Um, but that two in a Mitchum game was, was something else. We went there and we was aggressive. Um, tempo was higher from the off. And it was just one of those days. It never felt like we was going to lose that game. Even at 2-1 down with 10 minutes left or 15 minutes left, wherever it was, I just didn't feel like we was going to lose. I never thought we was going to. And yeah, to, to go and win that penalty and for Josh to go and smash it down the middle and then go into straight to pens, yeah. It was, um, yeah. I mean, I always remember, well, on the way there, we, um, we all met up at Tube Station. It was Jack, Rob, me and Josh and Jack hadn't said a word he's he's very quiet very reserved he's another one that the way he's come on this season will will push on soon but he's a he was very quiet very shy especially last year and when he stepped up and slotted his penalty away the way he just shushed the two in the Mitchum fans behind the goal I was just I was at the halfway line just laughing I was like okay like when stuff like that happens and and he stepped up like that after not saying anything the whole way there I was just like, yeah, this is going to be our day. Yeah, it was brilliant. And Jack, is there anything that you think we've missed and you want to ask Sam? Um, do you not think you should be scoring more goals this season, given that, you know, you are the biggest man in the box by, you know, by usually by a clear, a clear sort of five inches? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to score at least three or four, but I mean, I've, last season I come close a few times. I scored the one against Tower Hamlets, I think yeah. it was. Um, so yeah, hopefully yeah. I no, I thought it was a good header down into the ground. Managed to lob the keeper. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that come off my chin. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll take another one of them on Monday if it means getting my first of the season and three points for sure. But yeah, I think with some of Courtney's deliveries the way they've been coming in, he he seems to just loop them all up that post and. I mean, so far, I've got on the end of quite a few of them. I know he scored one direct yesterday. But, um, yeah, I've, I've managed to nod a few back across. I think we've won a penalty from it. Malachi scored a Glebe from it. So, as long as I'm in there causing trouble and it drops to someone else, I don't care how it goes in the back of the net. But, yeah, I would like at least three or four. And, Sam, was you a penalty taker? Jack, have you told me that before? 
yeah. I was I used to be on free kicks and penalties, funny enough, for some of my teams before. Um, I wouldn't take free kicks now, just because I think so long out of not practicing them, it would be worse than Luke's at Glebe. So <laughs> no one wants to see that. Oh, you have people behind the ground taking their washing in. But um, yeah, penalties, I'll still step up and take them. Yeah, for sure. Jack, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, I've I started watching Fisher properly because um, of Ben. Ben, obviously Ben said, "Oh, you're going to can't believe Ben being Ben Killsby." And then I met Peter, Peter Parry. Everyone knows Pete, um, and it sort of went from there. Sort of thing. I just started coming down and watch watching them more often. And then Sam joined, which was kind of a quite a neat little package. So then I had an excuse to come down and watch them. Um, of other than that, um, Leighton Orient's my league team. I do a lot of ground hopping. Um, I've got quite a few mates to do that with. Um, enjoy that. Enjoy just watching football. Um, obviously, I do do the match reports with the Chronicles, um, which was sort of Pete's idea. Why don't you just start doing this? And it's grown from there. I've done a f- I did a few last season for Kent Sports News, so um, don't think I did any Fisher games in the end. But yeah, I've done I've done quite a few reports on the Fisher games. I think I did the two in one, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's me. Um, not 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 a lot to tell really. Sam, is there anything you can tell us about Jack? That you might have missed. Um, not appropriate for the podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's always been one to love his football. What we've known each other for, Christ, second secondary school, beginning of secondary school. So, yeah. yeah, always been football mad. Whether it's watching on telly when he was younger, and then obviously now he's more able to get out and about. Yeah, just wherever he can find a game of football, he will. I know he's planning two for Monday, so could be yeah. fun. But there you go. <laughs> So uh, you mentioned the Chronicles. Uh, how did you get involved with Peter and uh, the reporting at games? Um, Peter said, oh, why don't you do a little report? And I think the first one I did was, I think it was Sheppy, Sheppy against Erith in some cup, one of the Kent Cups. And it was about paragraph too long. And I kind of went, oh, we'll go from there. And then it start, I started doing some of the ones for Fisher. And then I think the first one I'd done was the Crowborough home game. Which I think was your debut, Sam. You come up, you come on, and you played up top for the last ten minutes. I think it was it was awful. It was like hailstones, and then it it got in the, it got in the program. And I'll be honest, that was a bit of a buzz. It's kind of like, wow, I did that, and it's good enough to go in the program. Why don't I just keep doing it? And I think I did that, and I think I did the one for the Punjab game, which was the last game before the lockdown. Um, so it it just went from there. And when 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 we got back out last year. Um, it just carried on where Pete weren't really about. I did I did a couple of the couple of the friendly reports, the um, the Sutton game and Stansfield game, which I was still with you you with um, still with you, John, didn't I? You and Ryan at, the, at Stansfield, um, and it's just gone from there. It just um, it's just yeah, it's just it's just nice nice when clubs sort of go, oh, thanks, that's really good, you know. Um, it's not an ego thing, of course, but it's just it's just nice to do it. Um, it gives me something to do, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just something I've always... I, I did try and do it a few years ago on my own, but I never really had the platform. And Pete, obviously, had already had the Chronicles, so it gave me a platform to do it. I didn't have to sort of start it up from scratch. 
So at a base and we're growing, we were up to about 700 followers on, on Facebook and about 800 and something on Twitter. So it's growing all the time. I know the three of us, me, me Pete and Charlie, Charlie Bradford have said we, we want it to get to a thousand by the end of the year. So that, that's where we want to go with it. Um, but it, that's how I got going with it, really. I mean, from a player perspective, stuff like that is makes a, such a difference. I think every player loves to to read a write-up or have the photos and the videos, especially especially for the goals and that. Like, those sort of things, straight away, as soon as they come up, the players be flicking through them, trying, trying to get hold of something that they can... They can sort of like post up or or just just have. I mean, I know I've got a few screenshots of some uh, some um, photos and some some of the reports and stuff like that. And yeah, I've got the, my one goal saved. And uh, oh, and my offside one against Little Common. Slowed it down. Tried to draw the lines on it like VAR. I still think it should have stood. But there we go. Come on, uh, Jack, what do you look for in the ground that you've never visited before? Is there anything uh, that you would look for or just that you've never visited before? Never visited is, is, is number one. I, I, I also, I like, I like old floodlights. I don't know why. I just really like old floodlights. It's just like, it's really weird. Sam's shaking his head, but he probably thinks I'm a weirdo. He knows that, actually. Um, one I really liked that, I know I know Fisher played them uh, a couple of weeks ago in the cup. Rains Park Vale, their ground's really nice. It's really sort of... Um, Oldie Weldy, they've got their own beer, they've got barbecue, big old floodlights. Um, but there's a few other old ones. I mean, Great Yarmouth, where um, Ian Murphy is now, um, with the old stand. I do want to go to that. I think Bexhill United have got a nice old stand as well. But um, sort of Oldie Weldy charm. But if I haven't been there, I'll consider anything, even if it's like just the back of a leisure centre, like Year of Town. Um, but yeah, if it's if it's got something interesting, it is obviously a, a more of a draw than just some sort of identical ground. So, what is your um, maybe the best or your favorite ground that you've visited, uh, non-league or professional? That's a that's a hard question. Um, I really like Blundell Park, which is Grimsby Town's ground. Um, had a really good day out there. Orient beat them four 0 which kind of helped. Um, it's got where the white where we sat as away fans is like a really old wooden stand, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a ground that's sort of stood still in time. It's in the streets. It's got big old floodlights. I don't think he's had any work done for it, done to it for about forty years beyond like like a lick of paint here and there. It's a really nice old ground. I really like that to be fair. Um, Non-league scaffold ground. Crowborough I like. Crowborough is a really nice ground. Um, when, when we went, we went to the pub before and a wheat sheaf, which is a nice old pub, which helps. And the ground itself is really nice. You know, it's got that nice old terrace behind the ground, behind one goal. And then it's, you know, it's got the sort of two stands at the side. Um, it's a really nice ground. That's probably my favourite scaffold. Sam, what would be your favourite grounds visited? Whether you're um, playing, watching? I, I'd probably do it in a midterm. I mean, I thought that was a, a lovely setup. I, mean, I know they're Isthmian and they'd probably get a, a decent turnout regularly, but yeah, the change rooms were nice. The, the pitch was beautiful. The, the stand was great as well. A, a weird one as well that I kind of enjoyed, despite the fact it's awful, was um, when Crowbar used to be in, uh, not Crowbar, sorry, um, uh, oh, who was it? Corinthians? 
no, not Corinthians. Oh, God, I'm having a nightmare here. Quite, I agree with Jack. Crowborough is a lovely ground, and, and they're always very welcome in there. But, yeah, I'd have to go with two in a mention. I think it, it helped just because of how good the day was as well. Crockenhill, that's the one, sorry. <laughs> Crockenhill. Yeah, Crockenhill was a funny one. Pitched like a cabbage patch, but apart from that, just what a lovely old ground. And Jack, best all-round value football ground visited? Entry price, food, drink? Uh, oh, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, just trying to think. I mean, for, for a day out locally, Glebe is pretty good because they've got a really nice bar there. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got, to say, I've got to say Fisher actually, because I mean, uh, um, what is it? What's it, eight quid to get in the club out, the clubhouse now, now it's back open. Obviously, as um, beers, the views really nice. There's usually, I mean, this was it's never really that boring watching fish. There's usually something going on, um, you know, and, and it's 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 a really great atmosphere. Um, Chatham's good as well. Chatham probably for the same reasons as well. Um, you know the 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 non the tournament they organised after the lockdowns. Um, all the grounds are good. Five fiver to get in. Um, chat chats have a fantastic bar. Punjab as well. The food at Punjab. Got to mention the food at Punjab. It's amazing. It's the best food in the scaffold. Um, bar none. That's that's always a good good day out and good value because again they're they're a really great bunch of guys. Same as Cobra. Cobra are great, and, and so are Punjab. You, you know, you're always welcome down there. So, uh, what's been the best game that you've reported on so far? Probably the Tooting game. Tooting game, definitely. Although Fisher should have won that in normal time. Not that I'm bitter or anything, um, but that ball did def- definitely didn't cross the line for the corner. Um, but that was a fantastic game. Like Sam said, he didn't believe that they were going to lose. I didn't believe. As soon as Jamie Eiler picked the ball up on a wing and decided he's going to just run run at the fullback, I knew the fullback was in trouble. You know, um, I never be- I never believed they were going to lose. Um, you know, it just believed. And, the, and the, the game after, I don't think I did the report for the game after, which was a Cray game, but that was, that was a really good game as well on that run. Um, but the, the Tooting game is probably the best game I've reported on so far, definitely. And Jack, do you have a bucket list ground that you want to go to? And Sam, is there a bucket list ground that you want to go to and play at? Um, bucket list ground. I've got, I've got, I've got a few. Right. So, um, top three, I would say Goodison Park, Everton, proper old ground. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd love to go. And I know not in Europe this season, but if they get into Europe before they leave there. I do want to go on a European night because I imagine a place just bounces. Um, Hibs, Easter Road, that was going to happen before the lockdown. Um, and then obviously COVID happened. That was literally going to be on the on the Saturday, the last lot of games. But then it, they got cancelled on a Friday. And then the other one, the, the one abroad um, is St. Pauli. Anyone who's ever probably met me knows I've got the St. Pauli hoodie because I was going to go to St. Pauli. But that's one abroad. Um, those three are my top three. Definitely. Um, for me, sort of go to as a spectator is I haven't really been to many. So I'd say probably just any one of the big clubs like a, a Manchester United, um, some may, even like a, a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, something like that to watch a game would just be 
fantastic, a Bayern Munich, a, a Dortmund, something like that would be brilliant. Just one of those experiences. And then as a player, I mean, last year, I think if we won that London Senior Cup game, we was meant to play Leighton Orient in one of the later rounds. And to go and play there in, in a competitive game would be fantastic. And then other than that, it's the obvious one. FA Vars run this year, hopefully, fingers crossed. And then Wembley. I mean, why, how could it not be? I mean, I think we'd have to do some serious running for the size of that pitch. But yeah, what a day that would be. So, John, I actually, I want to turn that question on you. What is your bucket list ground? Ooh. Uh, I've always wanted to go to San Siro and Bernabeu. I've done Barcelona with Chelsea Champions League. Um, and I've done a few, most of the Premier League rounds. So probably those two. And yourself, PJ? Yeah. Um, mm, well, definitely St. Paul's. That's, that's got to be up there. Um, but I would say, being a Milan fan, I would say San Siro as well. Especially because they've been, I don't know how far along they are with it, but building that new stadium for Inter and AC Milan. So would definitely have to be San Siro. Well, thank you both for taking the time today to join us on the podcast. It's really appreciated. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Pond and Podcast, where no one listens and we don't care. We would like to thank Sam Fitzgerald and Jack Heyman for coming on today's episode. We would also like to remind you that you can vote for us for the Football Content Awards under Best in Non-League for Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter.